Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Act post pandemic pivot. Well, greetings. We're delighted to have you here with us today, folks. This podcast is going to be a little bit different from what we have done in the past. Today's topic is act post pandemic pivot. Sounds like a dance. Put on your dancing shoes and let's get agile here, folks. Rich and Michael here with Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, ACT, Take Action. ACT also stands for Cultural Transformation. As a leader, you must act. And as a leader, you must be agile. You must be able to pivot and lead your organization to daily wins, successes, and growth, probably now more than ever coming out of the COVID. So today we have an executive coach with us of many years experience, Dennis Pierce, an interesting man, an impressive coaching career, an impressive career altogether. So welcome, Dennis. We're excited to have you join us today. Dennis, give us your uh, me in 60 seconds elevator speech. Terrific. First, I want to thank you and Rich for having me, Michael. I'm grateful for the opportunity. So my wife and I, our two grown children and our loving golden retriever live out in the Seattle area. Uh, I've got 30 years of experience in the technology sector, most recently a national director of supporting global and enterprise accounts and professional services industry. Uh, I've been involved in all aspects of design, uh, sale, implementation, support of digital transformation in the workplace. Um, I've logged nearly a million miles just building and scaling and supporting teams throughout the U.S. I recently earned my master certification in executive coaching, uh, and I've always proclaim myself to be a student of life, uh, which leads into my core purpose statement of listen, learn, and lean in. All right. Very good. Very good. So um, let's do this. You've got some interesting and different kinds of references that you can share with us in terms of your thoughts of what you're bringing here to the COVID, to the pivot, to the agile movement here. Give us a little bit of background on what that's all about. What you're thinking here, Dennis? Well, it's obviously pandemic's been first and foremost in everybody's mind, um, and rightly so. But I recently uncovered a uh, an op-ed piece by uh, David Brooks out of the New York Times called "The American Renaissance." Uh, the American Renaissance has begun, and in that, uh, Brooks cites uh, Olson, the economist, who wrote a book back in 1982, "The Rise and Decline of Nations." And basic premise goes back to Japan and Germany rose from World War II as a result of their old arrangements being disrupted. Um, you know, their old patterns had stifled experimentation and creativity. Uh, but the this disruption of World War II then turned around and opened up space for innovation. Huh. So disruption, destruction, 
innovation. They all kind of come together. This nexus is what you're kind of talking about. How does that then fit with where we are, where you in the United States and perhaps even in the world? Expand that out for us. Give us some, some also some detail what that means. Sure. You know, well, I always think that we learn from all aspects in life, right? I mean, the pandemic disrupted our daily routines. It disrupted the status quo. And in turn, it cleared the way really for an economic boom and a social revival. Uh, this is a supreme opportunity for all leaders everywhere to pivot. Uh, business requires uh, that we're engaging, that there's engagement on the part of the employees as well as our customers in order for us to thrive. Uh, this requires new ways of thinking. You can't continue to just do things the way you've always done. Uh, but that begins, it really leads with leadership. Um, a workplace where employees are seen, heard, and feel valued really opens up limitless potential. Uh, so as I see it, this reopening of uh, the new reality 2.0, if you will, is really a crossroads for all of us. One of the things that happened in this whole COVID era, people started working from home. They were no longer having a camaraderie of going into seeing their people, that their coworkers and all that every day. So there was this emotional disconnect that happened. That was, and that's very real. And I remember HR people talking, how do we keep our people engaged? How do we keep their, our people so they're not going somewhere else? What, what happens? How do we do all that? So there's on one hand, an interesting uh, perspective of what's changed with the employees in the workspace. And you talked as we got on here today, you talked about something very interesting. We can either take these things that are going on and find lots of excuses about it, right? or we can take all this and we can turn it into opportunity. So kind of start talking about what's the opportunity here for bringing people together? And then what's the opportunity for leaders as they lead out in their businesses? Well, think about it. I mean, it really begins with mindset. Um, we are coming back. I always I always uh, pride myself on being a bullpen guy, I, managing, managing by walking around, but being in touch with my people, genuinely understanding what make what makes them tick. Uh, and it's as leaders, it's imperative that we're connected and we're constantly engaging and reengaging with our teams, staying afloat and staying abreast of what their uh, shifting priorities are. And this pandemic's no different. I mean, as business kind of evolves and we return to the new normal, you've got this new balance of of the remote worker. I, I typically as a national director was managing people all over the world or all over the country. And I was still flying to be face to face with those folks, with those customers, with those team members, so that there was that sense of engagement. There was a true understanding beyond just the verbal communication, but also the nonverbal and what uh, what was really going on or trying to understand what was going on in their lives and in their heads. Um, so I, I really feel that um, everything has changed with the pandemic, but that should be exciting. That should be that should invigorate all of us to uh, further explore. Yeah, excellent. Rich, what questions you got? You know, I've got a maybe an interesting point to add to that. You know, I met Michael through a job coaching. We're both job coaches as well. And I spent the last year working with, with folks on the East Coast in Canada, you know, teaching network skills, uh, job search skills. And honestly, the ones that I saw that really did well during that time reinvented themselves. You know, they had to reinvent themselves. They, you know, they found themselves not working. And now in this virtual world, it, it was, they had, they really had to reinvent themselves. And it's, it's the same thing with, with cultures. How do we reinvent that? You know, 
a lot of people have come on to these companies new and they've never met their coworkers except on their laptop. That's it. You know, so how do we do that? How do we how do we really reconnect? And you know, in a virtual world, and so is, it, is the new, you know, the new business world a virtual culture world? I mean, I, I don't know, but it's it's the ones that are really surviving are the ones who are reinventing themselves. Yeah, people come out of these kind of situations feeling crushed. I yeah. think that's a great word. It's a very applicable word. They feel crushed, whether it's a small business person or just something happening inside the organization itself or even individuals, they feel crushed. You know, everything kind of went away. You don't have the people that you're associating with. Sometimes you things are so mixed up, confused. You don't really have the same goals. You don't even know what it is that we're really working for because it's so mixed up. That's a lot of physiology and psychology and brain chemistry that kind of goes awry and gets mixed up. So my question is, with all this chaos that's going on here, Dennis, give us a little bit of light about this. Say you're a leader, a business leader, and you really want to get on and you really want to make sure that you're moving ahead with your organization and with your people. And at the same time, you're not altogether sure, am I making excuses? Am I just waiting for the right moment? Do I, am I, do I have all the data that I need? What's the distinguishing characteristics of that leader that's really moving into opportunities as opposed to the one that's kind of caught in their own procrastinations and worries and their fears. Could you delineate those a little bit for us? Sure, absolutely. I think one of the, the first things that we need to do, because of the fact that everybody's affected, everybody has been affected, we really need to look at ourselves to begin with. As leaders, we've got to be in touch with what's driving us and what's, you know, what, what are those characteristics that motivate us on a daily basis? I mean, there's, there's a number of statistics out there on how people and their priorities have shifted over the last 12, 18 months, right? But once we uncover what's driving us, then we're truly un, able to understand our interpersonal strengths as well as our gaps and really unlock and ignite our own potential. And at that point, then understanding how we can communicate most effectively with our team members. I look at every, every employee out there at this point coming in as a new employee. You know, they, they may have been unaffected in terms of health with the pandemic, with COVID, or they may have had something close and personal happen inside their lives. And we should understand that, kind of understand what's going on just behind the facade, behind the, the face of what we see every day on Zoom. Right. So hopefully more and more people are able to engage firsthand, one on one, face to face. But most importantly, as a leader, we it's our obligation to truly understand where our, our direct reports, where our peers, where our co-workers are at so that we can work more collaborative, uh, collaboratively with them in the workplace. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So um, here's a thought that I've got. When 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 a person, a leader is in that kind of position, Sometimes it's really hard to be objective, right. to see things clearly. There's a, a lot of crap has come at you for a long time. It's easy to have a you know kind of a jacked up emotional state of being. You talked about mindset earlier here, you know, right? So that's hard to that's hard to get a handle on. How does an executive coach? I want to hear this from both of you guys. I'm going to start with Rich, and then we'll go to Dennis here. How does an executive coach get you back into a place when you can see things clearly? Be able to think more clearly, better, better engage with the employees and with your your clients, your business, the whole thing. How does that executive coach assist you? And, and even more specifically about that, talk about some of the the surveys, the the 
the assessments that we help with the, the leader to get that figured out and see it. Right. Yeah, you, you know, I think you, you hit it on the head. You both kind of talked about this, about it, it has it, this 2020 and even into 2021, I don't know anybody that did the impact in one way or another. I lost both my parents over the last year and a half. Um, and so I think part of being a coach is looking at these people and having some empathy on the situations that they all dealt with, you know, and, and being able to approach it from a, a standpoint that, you know, we understand we've been there. Um, and, th but this is how we can help you uh, move forward. We, you talked about some of the assessments, you know, we provide some assessments that look directly into your leadership abilities, not so much your personality, but your leadership ability. You know, what really drives, you know, that inner core. And, you know, even though we talk about it as what is your personality, you know, but really it's it's that leadership inner core. You know, the, the part, part of you that, that really is the leader, how do we develop that? How do we develop that to make that, that everybody what sees on the outer core, the communication skills, uh, the team building skills, um, all those, all those traits that we see from the outside, we see someone from the outside, but how do we really get in the inside? And I, I think this last year really has impacted and changed the way leaders look, you know, even Dennis mentioned, he's a bullpen manager. You know, you can't do that really on zoom. You know, you, you can't really do that in, in a, a, in a room with full of people on a camera. You just, you, it's hard to do. So it's reinventing yourself as a leader and, and understanding that all those principles still apply, those communication skills, those team building skills. We just have to learn a different method of doing it. Yeah, thank you, that's great. Dennis, give us your take on that. So I agree with everything that Rich is saying. In addition, I'd say the, the benefits of an executive coach and having somebody come in with an objective point of view uh, you know, the safety and the security of an outsider looking in um, with our tools enables us to then build a developmental plan, a concrete development plan, then that pinpoints you know, two or three strengths, something that's measurable and something that's easy to, to achieve, right? We're not going to create a laundry list of, of changing the world, but some concrete tools and some concrete methodologies to then impact and empower the teams that we work with because we're surround every one of us is surrounded by greatness but we've got to uncover that greatness we've got to respect yeah. and recognize that greatness which in turn then elevates every single person on the team and the organization in their game you, you take a uh, a job can be a workplace that has no culture becomes a place that you're going into work right you're just showing up to, to work and provide a paycheck um, you build a culture that people are excited about, and all of a sudden they're not working. They're coming in because everybody sees this common mission and everybody's rowing in the same direction and everybody's having fun while they're doing it. There's no reason. And this is one of the priorities that came out during the pandemic is people had this time for introspection is people are looking for that type of fulfillment. They're looking at, can I find that in my current occupation, in my current role, or do I need to seek elsewhere? And I mean, that's very important because, you know, if we're not able to engage and attach with those employees and with our coworkers, the organization's at risk. 
So, and then you're starting over. You've got the, the pain points and the, the expenses and the growing pains of turnover and, and retraining when in fact you have an amazing asset in front of you with the team that you have, the organization that you have. Yeah, yeah there's, that's some great stuff that you shared with us there. As we take a look at this pivot, this idea of being agile and the pivot here, you brought up some uh, very interesting points I want to bring out here. So much of what a, da- a, a leader looks at is the data. They're driven by the data. What's the data saying? On and on. It's that intellectual prowess that kicks into gear about, you know, what's going on? What does it mean? How do we look at it? What do we do with it? Kind of stuff. And yet, at the same time, when you take a look at what's really been upset here, when you really look at it just in terms of human beings, what's been upset here is that sense of who am I, who are we, and what are we doing here? It's really the heart. We used to have a saying, you know, the heart of the leader, the heart of the leader. It wasn't so much like the brain of the leader, which is that data stuff, but it's the heart of the leader. And when that heart of the leader feels, as you've been talking about here, feels brave, feels courageous, feels empowered, that can take on the data, that can take on the challenges, that can now deal with the employees who also may be feeling some disconnect and bring them together. You know, bringing thing, people together is not just a, a, a physical activity that we're sharing in. It really is a sense of connection. It really is a sense of we're in this together to make this all work. It is a relationship, even as though it's in a work relationship. But getting to that, and that's one of the things I heard you say, that in this kind of coaching that we do, we help the leader to get to the heart of who that leader is, how they really work, what really motivates them, what gets them out of bed, roaring and ready to go and go out and tackle the world. What do you think about that? I mean, kind of help me understand and help the folks understand because there's there's a lot of emphasis on data, but courage doesn't come from data. There's no there's no courage in data. There's no right. character in data. Data is data, but character, courage, that comes from the heart of the leader. What yeah, data data is the what, right? Data is the what, but it's the how and the why, genuinely the why that's going to drive people. And that's going to elevate people. And that's going to get people excited about what they're doing. So we need to understand everybody's why, you know, to coin Simon Sinek. Uh, But at the same time, it really is uh, data. You can drown in data and you can get statistics to say whatever you want. But as people leaders, we need to understand the how and we need to to tie into the why. Yeah. Excellent. 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 Any further ideas, Rich? Yeah. You mentioned the heart of the leader, you know, there is absolutely no shortage of talent out there. No shortage at all. Um, we got tons of incredibly brilliant, smart people out there in, in the workforce. But the one thing that we're and even coming right out of college, man, we got some, you know, the generations that are, you know, graduating now and, and moving into the workforce are absolutely brilliant, making all these great strides. That's not the problem. The problem is the heart of the leader. There's no shortage of talent. If you really want to compete as a leader, it's the heart. Do you have the heart? Do you have the courage? Do you have, are you able to stay vigilant? Are you able to stay present? Are you able to stay focused? Do you have the courage to make those changes and and face, you know, what's coming at you? Because it's it is a new world. It's the new business, and there's gonna be you know, it's the ones who are wanting to develop those skills and have the courage and be vulnerable and ready to step out are the ones who are going to be successful. 
it does it and really it doesn't matter what kind of MBA you have or you know bachelor's degrees honestly that's that's just kicking you off the starting line it really is it's the heart it's going to get you there are are, are you ready are, are these people ready you know that's my question it's and you know people like us you know coaches like us can help you get there all right the all right. Uh, Hey, that you know, I think the most valuable publication every year is the best places to work. That's the best places to work is voted by the employees. They're not looking at bottom line. They're not looking at anything other than culture. Right. And that when when you look at the next generation, the Gen Z, those that are coming out of college, those that are that are in the middle part or the latter parts of their career, they're looking at the best places to work because they want to make their valuable time count. Yeah. And it comes back to culture. All right. All right. Dennis, Dennis, if they want to get a hold of you and have that critical conversation about executive coaching and how you might be able to help them and make a real difference in their heart and their business and their whole critical abilities and all that kind of stuff. How do they do it? They can reach out on my website, dennispierce.intelligentleadershipec.com. And several ways to contact me there. But I look forward to the opportunity of making an impact and the ripple effect that that impact will have throughout uh, throughout the world. All right. Outstanding. Thank you for being on our podcast today, Dennis. Appreciate it very much. Rich, take us home. All right. Dennis, thank you very much. And uh, I know we're going to be talking soon. So uh, (laughs) appreciate all all you've uh, said today. If you want to get a hold of, of Michael or myself, uh, M. Bailey at IntelligentLeadershipEC.com or R. Barron at intelligently, uh, IntelligentLeadershipEC.com. Or you can go to a website, RichBarron.IntelligentLeadershipEC.com, which is going to be, that name's going to be changing soon, so we'll let you know. But if you have a comment, you want to hear something on a future podcast, um, concerns, we're, we're, here to, we're here to talk. So, and once again, I hope you enjoy your day and I hope you enjoy the podcast and take care. All right. All the best. Thank you. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.